You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Rachel and Gabby's upcoming season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 287. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Great show for you this week. We've got Emily Longaretta, who is now at Variety, formerly Us Weekly. Uh, She's at Variety now. She started there at the beginning of the year. She is the senior TV features editor, and we will talk to her uh, momentarily. Not a ton to talk about uh, before we get going. I know you're all interested in Bachelorette stuff. As you know, filming ended at the end of last week. It ended on Friday. I do not know who won yet. I'm probably not going to find out for a while. So, um, you know, if you follow the guys, you know who's back on Instagram. Everyone's dissecting every picture and every smile and every like and who's following who. And it's just like, I don't look. If you want to follow that stuff, you can. It's never going to be 100% accurate of any sort of spoiler unless there is a blatant, oh, shit, somebody screwed up. Like Rachel posted at the same place that one of the other guy, you know, the guy that she picked posted or Gabby does the same thing. But I know people like to study that. I don't. I'm just waiting to hear what happened in down in Mexico. And I, I do it every season. And that's what I wait for. I could find out in a week. I could find out in a month. I could find out the night before the premiere starts. I could find out the day before the finale airs. Like, you know, you know how it goes. You just, I just never know. There really isn't anything else to uh, to add there. I just, I never know when I'm going to find stuff out. Um, obviously, rumors swirling around, people's friends talking and all this stuff. It's just whatever at this point. Um, just waiting to hear, uh, from sources to tell me, um, you know, kind of what went down in Mexico. If I can find that out, um, we've still got seven weeks before the first episode airs. So there's plenty of time, obviously, whenever I find anything out, um, I will, uh, relay it to you, but, um, you know, I still don't know who that fourth guy was for Gabby. I, I believe there was a fourth guy. Um, as for, you know, Rachel's men, as I told you, what was it last week that, um, uh, well for Gabby, at least we know that Johnny was eliminated at four and for Rachel, it was Tyler Norris. Cause it was confirmed that they were both home. And then on Friday, when the finale was filming in Mexico, um, I got word Friday morning at about eight in the morning, I got a DM saying Avon is home. So Avon and Tyler are not in Rachel's final two, which means the other two guys were. Who's that? Tino? And uh, who's the other guy again? Um, oh, God, I'm just blanking on this. I know you're screaming at me through the how you're listening. Oh, Zach. So Rachel's either with Tino or Zach. And uh, Gabby's, uh, you know, has Eric and Jason. And whoever that third was, that uh, the fourth guy was, who ever had a hometown, he obviously made it to Mexico because Johnny was eliminated at Final Four. But obviously, you know, there's drama every season. There could be a twist. We just don't know. Uh, I haven't heard anything like that yet, but it's very early. Filming just ended less than a week ago. So 
you know, we'll see how long it takes uh, to get any information. Uh, moving on from that, in terms of other Bachelor news, it was made official this week. Jesse Palmer is going to be the Bachelor in Paradise host. No surprise there. I know a lot of you are going to be asking about cast. And since our last Bachelor in Paradise season, which was last summer, we've had... Who do we have? We, wait, we had... Uh, well, Katie's men were on last season of Paradise. So we have Michelle's men, Clayton's women, and Rachel and Gabby's men. So in terms of those seasons, Michelle's men, you've got, you know, you know Brandon's going to be there, Rick's going to be there, Olu's going to be there, probably Pardeep is going to be there. Uh, back from Katie's season, because Andrew and Justin lasted far enough on her season, they couldn't put them on that season of Paradise. You know, Andrew and Justin... Uh, are probably going to be down in paradise. As for Gabby and Rachel's men, we have no idea which of Gabby and Rachel's men are going to be down in paradise. Uh, it's going to be, uh, in terms of the women, plenty of Clayton's women are going to be there. Serene, Genevieve. I mean, these are all names that I've heard. It's obviously, uh, you know, usually 16 to 18 to start. During the course of a show, they have 30 to 35 people that end up showing up. So, it's not just who's going to be there. It's just a matter of when they show up and are they relevant. But, you know, you look at Clayton's women, Serene, Genevieve, Cassidy, uh, Eliza, Kira, Hunter, Kate, Claire, Jill, Sally, Sierra, Teddy. You can expect them all to be there at some point or another. Um, and then you're always going to have your people from the past that they always bring in to uh, to go on the show, which, you know, as we get closer, we will know. But filming starts at the same exact time as it always has. Nothing's changed in terms of Paradise. It was made official that Paradise is going to air on Monday and Tuesdays in the fall. They did not give a start date for it at ABC's Upfronts this week. But clearly it's going to start after Bachelor ends. And, excuse me, uh, Bachelorette ends, which with a July 11th start date means it's going to end probably the third week of September. And either the end of September or beginning of October, we're going to just get Paradise. So instead of getting it, you know, Paradise usually starts mid-September. It's really only being postponed about two weeks from when it usually, oh, I'm sorry, it usually ends end of September or mid-September. So, um, yeah, it's getting pushed back, but it's still filming at the same time in June. It just means they're going to have it in the can for a lot longer, and they're going to film it basically in the month of June, and it's not going to start airing until end of September. So it's almost going to be three months before we even see the first episode air of Paradise, which usually isn't the case. Usually films in June and starts airing, Last week of July, first week of August, depending on when Bachelorette ends. But because Bachelorette got pushed to July 11th, that means Bachelor in Paradise gets pushed out. But it is going to air on Monday and Tuesdays. That was made official this week, which they've done in the past. This That was nothing new there. So that's basically your Bachelor information for the week. Not a, not a ton, really, to go over. I would expect probably some promos are going to start airing for Gabby and Rachel season is my guess. I don't know when they've got plenty of time now. Usually the bachelorette has a much quicker turnaround time, but as we know, we've always known it's going to start July 11th and that's seven weeks away. So we got plenty of time for that. I have no idea when they're going to release the cast bios, the cast pictures, because this is just such a later start time for bachelorette than normal. But from what I heard, the reasoning was is because ABC has NBA Finals and NHL Finals this year, and they don't want to have to take weeks off in the month of June, and that's when NBA and NHL Finals are going to be. So, makes sense. You don't want to start it on July 3rd either. 
So, I mean, on July 4th either, so, which is uh, the Monday in July, first Monday in July, so that's why they're starting it on the 11th. So it makes sense, because you would have literally had to take three Mondays off from the time you start if you started at a normal time, and they just weren't going to do that. So that's your Bachelor uh, updates for today. One last shout-out and one last um, note regarding... The Reality Steve Fan Appreciation Party. There are not a lot of spots left. In fact, it might already be taken up. There are people who have told me I'm in, but I'm just waiting for them to give me their confirmation. And if they all come through, I have no spots left. So if you're still interested in coming, there is a possibility you can. You have to just let me know. Email me at steve at realitysteve.com. Got some more great news this week. As I told you last week, Amanda Pace and Annie Jorgensen from Joe Millionaire. Amanda won Kurt's heart. Annie got dumped at the end by Steven. They are no longer, or I'm sorry, they are going to, they're no longer in their relationships, but they are going to be at the party. And then um, Jenny Alexandra, who was a podcast guest, you remember her story. And and then I got it after I sent out my tweet and my Instagram post of all people, Martin, the butler DMs me and I totally forgot he lives in Vegas. You know, he's got that Rod Stewart cover band where he's the lead singer of or parody band, whatever you want to call it, cover band. And uh, he reached out to me and said, I'd love to come, me and my wife. I said, absolutely. So he's in. So it'll be great. Um, looking forward to it. Looking forward to meeting all of them. And like I said, it's just to get together. If you're interested in coming, I can't guarantee a spot anymore. Uh, I've been promoting this for since mid-March. And it's, you know, we're, we're basically, it's, I'm leaving two weeks from today. So, and the party is uh, two weeks from tomorrow. So June 3rd at Mandalay Bay. If you're interested in coming, I can maybe still get you. If you're flying, I will probably make an exception as long as it's, you know, two people, maybe four at the most, because you, if you're going to take the time to book a flight and fly out, then I'm not going to um, not let you in. But I got to know immediately, and I might not even be able to guarantee anything. So obviously I wouldn't have you book a flight and then say, no, I'm full. Um I would just let you know whether or not you should go book a flight and you'd be on the list. So if you're interested, email me at steve at realitysteve.com. So that'll do it. Let's get started. Well, before we get started, I do want to talk about our sponsor. Talked to him about them. Talked about them in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, with everything going on right now in the world and a lot of people since the pandemic started, and it's still going today. Let's face it, mental health is a big, big issue right now. And, you know, I, I'm I'm interested in, in looking for people and looking at ways to help people, and I got that through BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P. Um, is there something preventing you from achieving your goals? What interferes with your happiness? Check out betterhelp.com slash realitysteve. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, will access your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist connect in a safe and private online environment it is very convenient you can start communicating in under 48 hours look these licensed professionals are specialized in anger anxiety relationships grief self-esteem depression they can help you with a lot of things anything you share is confidential it's convenient it's professional it's affordable and you can check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you will get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor, 
betterhelp.com slash reality Steve. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash reality Steve. Now, let's get going. Podcast number 287. Let's bring her in. Uh, she's formerly the senior entertainment editor at Us Weekly. Now, she's the senior TV features editor at Variety. We've had her on before. It's Emily Longaretta. Emily, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? It's been a little while. I know. Uh, let's talk about this move. Uh, not only did you move companies, you've moved coasts. You moved from New York to L.A. when you when you took this job at Variety. How's that transition been? How long were you in New York before you moved? Yeah, so, so I grew up in upstate, and then I was in New York City for 10 years. Okay. Um, so I've always been like, I kind of want to go to L.A. Like, it's always been in my mind, and... Like, my parents will say that's always been my dream because I've always been like, I want to live in California because I watched, like, Laguna Beach and thought that looked like a real life that <laughs> I could afford. Um, and so when I when I got the call to, you know, I got the call from Variety and we started talking and they said, you know, this job is L.A.-based, like, we need you to move. I thought, you know what? Like, I did all my 20s in New York. So I figure, why not go to my 30s in L.A.? New York's not going anywhere. If I need to go back, I can go back. Um, but yeah, so I've been here now for a little over two weeks, um, found an apartment, need to buy a car, haven't bought a car since I was 16. So <laughs> it's, it's a whole life change, really. I was going to say, was it, was moving to LA or, or was getting the job at Variety, was moving to LA a prerequisite as part of this? Yeah. Like you had to make sure, make the move at some point. Okay. Yes. So they have the New York office and obviously there were only an office like part time, but it was part of the job. The job was L.A. based. And as since I've been here, I've noticed, I mean, even since I was in New York, I knew immediately why, because there's just so much in person things that I need to be at and meetings I need to be at that are out here. So 100 yeah. percent understood. Um, and they were very which was incredible. They were so much like take your time, move when you want, take your time finding a place like it's not easy to move, especially right now. So. But luckily, I came out. I was able to come out and look at apartments and find one. So now, a mutual acquaintance of ours, Elizabeth, um, yeah. has worked for Variety for a while. You guys, I know, are friends. You guys worked at, I believe, Elizabeth worked at Us Weekly as well, too. Before Variety, or no? No, it was Hollywood Life. Hollywood, Hollywood Life. Life. So that's before right. Before Us Weekly, I was at Hollywood Life, and that's where we met. So okay. Yeah, so finally reunited. I was going to say, was was this move? Um, not saying that she got you the job, but obviously I'm assuming she told you what was available, put in a good word for you. Actually, no. Um, oh, really? I mean, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so Elizabeth is like one of my closest friends and I've always been like, I love variety, but I was happy at us. I was, you know, I, I was in a good spot at us. I, one of my best friends works there and it's, you know, it was fine. Um, but Cynthia, or Cynthia Littleton who's editor in chief at variety and I have been close for a long time and, you know, when a position for for a very long time, I guess, more than I guess eight or nine years ago, we met and we've stayed in touch. And I've always told her I would love to work for her. I mean, she's a genius and like such an amazing journalist that I've looked up to for such a long time. So I didn't even realize there was a position available um, that would be something that I would fit into. And Cynthia just called me up and told me about it and was like, you know, Obviously, she knew I was New York based, and she had recently moved from New York too. So she was like, you know, if you want, if you want to do this, like, let's see if you want, if you want to do it, let's go through the process. And we went through it pretty quickly, honestly, because once she called, I, it was just an opportunity I couldn't turn down. 
You know, something you mentioned in your answer before this was, you know, you grew up watching Laguna Beach. Um, yeah. Please tell me that you will get to do some sort of interview or cover the fact that what Kristen and Steven are now going to do what a lot of former people from television shows are doing now where they're covering their old show like uh, Tori and uh, Jenny Garth do the 90210 episodes and Angel yeah. and uh, Angela Kinsey and um, and Jenna Fisher do the office ones. Kristen and Steven are going to do a Laguna Beach one coming up this summer, right? I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah, it's in July. Um, yeah. I'm so excited about it. But I, and I think it's interesting because like we, we see it with scripted shows. We don't often see it with reality shows that's like two people who actually had a real relationship and dated in high school and like now are watching back their relationship <laughs> implode on TV. I'm very curious about how this goes down. I cannot wait. Steven is a friend of mine and I adore him so much. And I think it's like such a great opportunity for the two of them to kind of just reconnect with fans in a way. Oh yeah. I mean, I, that's a show that I don't want to say I grew up on, but I certainly watched every episode and um, I was in college at the time when that came out, I believe. So, but growing up in Southern California, growing up in Orange County, although I was North Orange County, they were South Orange County, where a lot of the money was. Um, you know, I grew up middle class Orange County, but they led a totally different lifestyle down there in Laguna Beach. But yeah, I watched I the show. My, yeah, I quickly realized my first time out here, like, oh, that's not a life that most people live. <laughs> no, no. they. Um, but they were so... It is going to be interesting. Like you said, now that I think about it, there aren't many reality show people that are going back and recapping episodes that they were on, right? Well, and Laguna Beach was at a time that was before, you know, the Hills, obviously, they've all talked about how scripted it was and how much there was, like, you know, things that talk about this and pretend to be friends with this person. Um, But Laguna Beach was not that at all. I mean, it was fully, like, raw. Like, Lauren and Kristen have both said, like, they don't, they never got along. Like, things like that that... We're real things, so I'm very curious how much how much info we're gonna get on this. Well, yeah, and and I think that, I mean, when that first started, that was one of the early reality shows out there where it's that format and the fact that if I remember reading correctly in either interviews or podcasts that I've heard, I'm probably getting some of the details mixed up, but essentially. You never saw them in class. They were not allowed to film in class. I think everything was filmed like Thursday through Sunday. Everything you saw on that show was exactly. filmed. And when they got out of school on Thursday, or maybe it was Friday, maybe it was after school, they got out on Friday, they just filmed everything from Friday afternoon to Sunday night because they had school during the week. And you never see them in class. Um, you, right. The, the cameras weren't even allowed on the school property. On the school property, yeah. So it was everything was covered like their social life outside of school. <laughs> And but still, it was fascinating stuff, especially when you had, you know, I, there's obviously been love triangles all over the board in reality television and scripted television. But for reality television, this is one of the earliest ones because LC, Stephen and Lauren, uh, I mean, LC, Stephen and Kristen were like, that was such a big deal back then of who is Stephen going to hang with? Who does he like? Why is he doing this to? I thought he was with Kristen, and then he's now getting in the hot tub with LC. I mean, it was that was riveting stuff back then. I mean, it might, it might seem trivial now to people, just like, what are you talking about? Trust me, in nineteen whatever year that was, that show came out. Maybe it was early two thousands. That was a giant deal. It, yeah, a hundred percent. It's honestly, I've gone back because I got to host the virtual reunion that they did last year. Um, I got to moderate it and. 
I went, so I went back and watched the first season just to like refresh my memory. And first of all, the episodes are like 20 minutes. So it's like so great to watch it back because it takes, it takes like a day. Um, but yeah, the, the drama within it is so, I guess it's almost like it's relatable because it's real. Like, obviously, like you said, the love triangle that's been done, the jealousy, the, the best friends fighting and girls not liking each other. As a young girl in high school, it was like, oh, I'm definitely Lauren or I'm definitely Kristen. Like I was putting, you know, I think we were all putting ourselves in these positions because we were seeing how real this was. It was just, it's just, it's so crazy to me. I, I cannot wait to hear what, what, and they're bringing on guests. I saw that they posted on Instagram that Jason is one of their first guests. So oh, I'm they, so yeah. curious how that's going to come on because are they going to have Lauren on? I mean, Steven and Lauren are still friends. Yeah, I so, mean they they've got to bring on guests. I'm sure they'll have. Um, I'm already blanking on the names. Who was the 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 skater boy guy? What was his name again? Dieter, D- not Dieter. D- there's Dieter, Dieter and Trey. Oh, it was Dieter. Okay, that's right, Dieter and, and Trey. D- I mean, D- Steven, Steven was in Dieter's wedding. Like they are best friends still. Like that hasn't changed. So I would not be surprised if they're on like multiple episodes. Yeah, I think the biggest thing would be. Is LC gonna gonna you know is Lauren Conrad or whatever her name is now is it what is it Lauren Tell is that her name Lauren Tell yeah. Tell if she's gonna appear on this because let's face it after she left the hills she has basically just kind of gone off and done her own thing she has not done anything in relation to reality TV anything related to the hills reboot wanted nothing to do with that she's basically got her own career going and you just wonder even though it's just a podcast episode would she come back and talk on this because I'm telling you right now, if she did, it would be their most listened to podcast because yeah, everybody I mean, wants to hear her the, talk about it. Of course. I mean, my guess is if the price is right, <laughs> I know she doesn't need the money. I mean, it's not, she lives a, a an incredible life from what I've been told. I mean, she does have a successful business and she, you know, but, and she has like a beautiful family. So I'm sure she doesn't want to, but I can't imagine if they give her a number, if she's going to turn it down because they're going to, it's going to be so, people want to hear that. Even on the reunion I moderated, it was, you know, uh, to raise money and raise awareness for voting. And they, you know, we didn't get into deep into the Lauren versus Kristen situation because they both were on it and we didn't really want it to be dramatic, but they did talk a little, there was some communication there. So it's like, I don't think that it's, they're both adults. I don't think it would be that weird if they said, you know, like, let's do it for an hour of the day. I think that'd be fun. I mean, Lauren has gone on Whitney's podcast before and talked a little bit about the Hills. So maybe she would. Yeah. I think maybe the biggest thing with Lauren is just not wanting to do anything involving Heidi and Spencer. Like, I don't think that she probably has any ill will towards Kristen over what happened with Steven in high school. Like I'm pretty sure she's over that, but even though the Hills was a long time ago as well, I just think the what Heidi and Spencer have done and kind of just made the names for themselves and they've really kind of fed off being the nemesis to to Lauren. I just think anything involving them, she probably doesn't want anything to do with. But they weren't on Laguna Beach, so she doesn't have to right. worry about Heidi, that. Exactly. Heidi showed up at the end of Tail season end, right? two of Laguna Beach. Yeah, at the end of season two because she was like Lauren's friend that she had met at college. But, yeah, I mean – I would agree with that. I think what they did, their relationship with Heidi is obviously not, not great. And she probably, you're right. She probably has no interest in doing anything that involves them. But as long as those questions aren't coming up and even on the reunion, I was told, you know, like, let's not talk at all about the Hills. Let's only talk about Laguna. And I was like, great. Good with me. <laughs> so. 
Well, as the as the senior TV features editor of Variety now, what does that entail and how is it different from your job at Us Weekly? So my job at Us Weekly was mostly digital. So I ran I did the TV uh, section of the magazine each week, which is just like four pages in the magazine. Um, but not that just four pages is not is not nothing, but uh, it was very different because now I'm overseeing TV features in print as well at Variety. So I'm not doing as much of like a recap or a interview with a person who the actor whose character got killed off a show the night before. While I'm still doing some of that, we have a team for that. So I'm not really doing that unless it's a show that I'm really passionate about. Whereas more I'm doing longer form features and I'm really heading up a lot of our awards content. So with Emmys coming up, like right now, we're doing Emmy issues. We do like 10 to 12 special issues that we put out focused around the different topics and the people who are front runners of the Emmys. And so I'm booking and editing all of the pages for those magazines. Gotcha. So it's a lot of work and it's so, honestly, I love it. I thought I was going, I was like nervous that I was like, well, I like this side of it. Well, I, cause it is a bit more of the business side of it, but I'm, I like it so much because honestly, like if I come and say, I really want to write about, the challenge, for example, no one's going to say no because they know there is a huge audience out there for it. So it's great. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's awesome what you're doing now. I mean, I really, I really like that stuff. And I think the, the one piece that your, you know, your most recent piece, the one that came out um, today, we're recording this on Wednesday um, is you spoke with the creator of this is us. The penultimate episode aired Tuesday night. It was, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, if you've been with this show from the beginning and have watched every episode like I have, and I'm sure a lot of people listening have as well, that was a tough one to get through without a doubt. Um, one of the best episodes, if not the best episode they've ever done. You spoke with the creator. I know that he was happy with what he did, but uh, any insight you can add to his reaction to, putting together that finale, putting together that penultimate episode, where he got the idea from, all the stuff that went behind it, and, you know, anything you took from it when speaking with Dan. Yeah, I mean, I've spoken to Dan a few times over the years. I think he's so, I mean, God, what a talent. I don't know how his mind works. But um, I think ultimately the big question was, like, why they didn't save that episode for the finale almost, because it felt almost like a finale. It ended like a finale. Um, and he said that without giving anything away, that while that is the, he understands that people will understand it more once they see the finale. So I will be able to watch the finale early, a couple days early. I haven't seen it yet at the time of this taping. So yeah. hopefully I'll get a little bit more insight, but I, I didn't get too much more from him because he's very, very tight lipped. He doesn't want anything out ahead of time, which like I really appreciate and understand. Um, but I do think that he, knew that now was the time to wrap it up and he made the absolute right choice. I will say I was, I have watched from the beginning and covered from the beginning, but I was kind of like off the, this is us train last season. Like I have kind of been checked out because I've been continuing to watch, but I wasn't as very as hooked as I was in the beginning. And I was kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this to end. I would say this season, this last season, they've done such an incredible job of wrapping it up that I was like, this reminds me why I love the show so much. And of course, now it's like, well, now I don't want it to end. So it's it's definitely an interesting uh, journey that they've gone on. Yeah, I think 
like I said, if you've been with it from the beginning and you see how everything kind of came together in that penultimate episode, it, it is curious to see how they're going to do the ending. I mean, I saw the interview. I think a lot of people have seen the interview that Mandy Moore did on Jimmy Fallon last week where she said this was the episode that was that made her throw up and was, was gut-wrenching for her. And then the finale is more of a happier tone to it mm-hmm. and kind of just going to because there's no questions left to answer. Everything's been answered now. We know pretty much everything. And we knew, I mean we knew Rebecca was going to was ultimately going to pass and it was going to be this episode. So I'm curious to see exactly what happens in the finale other than are we going to are we even going to jump forward even further? I mean, we have gotten a glimpse of Kate and Toby's uh son Jack performing in a bar seemingly probably 10 to 15 years maybe 10 or 12 years after Rebecca dies we we have right. gotten that shot so yeah it'll be it'll be curious to see exactly where where we're at um in the finale but yeah i don't know and i, yeah, I didn't expect him to give anything up but watching i'm curious too i'm curious too if we're going to have another time like you said like introduce another time period i don't think they should introduce another time period we've already had so many i would like to see a little bit more of some of some of them but I'm 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 like fine with however it ends at this point because I think like you said I mean everyone knew that Rebecca was gonna go so it wasn't like this giant spoiler that she was dying like we've known for seasons that she was dying so I, I am curious he had said because he had said years ago uh, that they had filmed parts of the finale years before yeah so I'm so curious which scenes they filmed ahead of time and I I, I will be talking to him again on Sunday so. I'll be running something afterward, um, so you guys can keep an eye out for that. Yeah, no, I definitely am curious to to what they refilmed, or what they had to film new versus what they filmed all the way back when he had this idea of I know how it's going to end. Which, you know, right. and the other, and the other thing was, and I've had this discussion with somebody that is a fan of the show as well. Obviously, there's a lot of time jumping on this show, and we know that when the first episode aired in season one. The premiere episode, Randall, Kate, and Kevin were, it was their birthday. They were turning 40 years old. And right. that was the first episode. And then every premiere in September was always their birthday. So season two was their 41st. So this season mm-hmm. was their, four, in present time, they were on their 46th birthday this year. And I was always right. curious. We knew Rebecca died in the future, and we saw glimpses of her at her deathbed, and we saw older Kevin, older Randall, older well, we didn't see older Kate until this week's episode because she we, she was always missing from that final scene, and we were just like, "Did did she die?" and all this stuff. But so I'm just curious, what do you think the timeline is of in present day when we watch it right now? They are 46, Kevin, Randall, and Kate. Right, right. When Rebecca died, how old are they? 58. I mean, I 52 doesn't seem. Did she die six years after? She moved into the Pennsylvania house that was built. Was it 10 years later, 12 years? Because they don't look 52. <laughs> this is a conversation I've had a lot with the people on my team. As okay, well, good. They've aged, they've aged them up so much. And I think that that may have happened beforehand. They wanted to like decipher the difference of how much older it was. But yeah. it really doesn't make sense because the way they made Sterling and Justin look so much older. Like it, It's understandable that Rebecca looks older because she has a disease that you know, takes you very quickly, but yeah, it's not supposed to be any more than eight years because of 
if you look at Kevin's son and Kevin's daughter, that's how you can tell because they're only like 10, his twins. So there's no more than, it's up to 10 years. I think Dan has said a few times that it's between 8 and 10 years in the future. So that would put Kevin, Randall, and Kate at 54? Right. Okay. Their their makeup makes them look older than 54, basically. I mean, they look look like in their 70s, their 60s, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, 60s. 60s, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Kate, well, Kate doesn't. But yeah, no, Kate doesn't at all. They didn't really do much. What did they even do to Kate? I think they, I think they right. receded the her hairline hair. a bit. That was about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the hairline and the color of the hair. But yeah, which I mean, but also some women at that age. I don't know. I mean, everyone ages differently, so I guess there's no way to decipher that. But it's yeah. I think that that was kind of like, oh, we're gonna age them way up to show how far in the future it is, and then they're like, oh wait, they're. <laughs> only eight years they actually aren't going to be this old yeah and i think the other thing was i think the other thing that had me a little bit confused or not necessarily confused but i thought that when we saw the episode two episodes ago of when miguel died i just assumed well that's going to make rebecca die quicker because we've heard that like some people just die of a broken heart because their partner dies Mm -hmm. But basically now, finding it out, Rebecca lasted another six to eight years after Miguel died. And I was like, that's surprising see, to me. See, I don't think they could do that. And I thought that, too, because originally I was like, if he goes, she goes. But I don't think they could do that because then it's like, oh, so that fan wise, they'd be like, oh, so that heartbreak killed her. But the heartbreak of losing Jack didn't. Yeah, that's true. And I think that that's why that comparison would would be made. They probably were like, we don't want that. Well, not to mention, then none of the, I mean, I guess this is all in the pre-planning of it, but then none of the future episode stuff that they hinted at at the end of season three when we first saw them older in the house that they built, none of that could have even happened if she died right when Miguel died because she still wouldn't have been that old and they wouldn't have looked that old. So, yeah, it's just... Well, I don't know if he, and that's the other question I want to ask, I don't know if they decided to kill off Miguel then or if it was later. Yeah, it would be interesting. Like, let's not have him... Because for a long time, I thought Miguel is still alive. The reason she's wearing, she's, you know, he's not in the room was they're letting her think that Nikki, because Nick, remember in the early flash forwards, Nikki was sitting next to her. Yeah. And everyone was like, well, where's Miguel? Why is Nikki there? I think I, what I thought was she thinks Nikki is Jack and they're just letting her believe that. Mm. So that was my thought. My thought was even if Miguel's alive, he's not in the room because of that. But then I, so I'm curious if that was like a thought, a later thought for them. Yeah. And considering they changed, you know, the, the, the future stuff that we did see, I guess it just never got shown last night. And I know that they had some clips on the editing room floor that Dan said in an interview Mm -hmm. that I read, but you know, we never saw Nikki say his goodbye to Rebecca. Yeah, I know he filmed it, but the, he said that was uh-huh. one of the things that got left on the editing room floor. It's just like he couldn't do it where an episode, he couldn't do a 40-minute episode where everyone walked in individually and we showed everybody <laughs> saying goodbye to Rebecca. It just wasn't going to happen with everything they had to show with her, I, I guess, dream sequence on the train and all that stuff. There was just no way. So Nikki got cut. But when we did see yeah, the that, glimpses that in the future. Hurt, that breaks my heart. Yeah, and we did see those glimpses in the future. Nikki was at her bedside when... Kevin and Randall. I think the very first time we saw Rebecca on that bed and older Kevin and Randall, Nikki was there. And then, yeah, he was there in the in the living room, but we never saw him at her bedside at any point last night mm-hmm. that I remember. So, yeah, I mean, it's still a great show. I loved the way they did it. I mean, it's it, it to talk about 
to spend a whole season, you know, watching someone's health deteriorate, um, and to do it the way they did, I think was was just excellently was perfectly done. I just I just think they yeah. they nailed it. Um, it was a great. It was great to basically do a walk down memory lane for for those who have been with the show since the beginning on on Rebecca on the train last night. It just made mm-hmm. it, everything fit. It was a great show. It was very sad. And, you know, there are rumors of spinoffs and are we ever going to, you know, I don't think we'll ever get this whole ensemble cast together, but spinoffs no way. Um, are maybe a possibility. Maybe. I think the possibility, I think that they're never going to be like, there's no way we'll ever do something. Because let's be honest, if Dan calls one of them and says, like, well, I want to do a movie, they're not going to say no. I mean, the amount of this, this show has made all of their, like, blown up all of their careers. Yeah. So I don't, but I do think that they're all ready to play something out. And, like, especially, like, I look at, like, Milo, who has been basically, he's been dead for three seasons. Like, he, <laughs> like, Jack is, like. I they've stretched out every possible way of having Jack included in this show still. So yeah. he's probably like, I got to wrap it up. He's been wearing the same flannel for six years. <laughs> like he's like done with it. <laughs> yeah. And, and you just think about it over the years, there's been so many different variations. I mean, Jack and I mean, mm-hmm. Milo and Mandy Moore had to have the most costume changes and makeup uh, changes yeah. throughout this show because they had to do, they were the ones there from quote unquote the beginning, which was right. the seventies with the kid's birth. And then right. they had to put him in the eighties and the nineties and it just, and to present day and then 15 well, and then years in the future. Back, I was going to say, but then we went back to before the kids were born when they met. Yeah. And then there's, so yeah. Like, and then there's that. <laughs> and then we, and then we had Jack in a dream sequence showing up at, what was it? Kate's wedding. Was it yeah, Kate and Toby's wedding? Toby. Yeah. When, he, when we got an older Jack that wasn't, didn't exist because he died at the age of whatever he was, 37, yeah. 38, whatever he was. I he was died. I was very happy in this episode when Rebecca did, you know, pass at the end and she laid down on the bed and, you know, saw Jack there. I was glad that he wasn't old, that neither of them were old, because I was like, that would make no sense. Like, I was very happy that they made him the age that he was when he died. And everyone was like, are we going to see old Jack again? I was like, no, old Jack isn't a thing. Yeah, he was <laughs> never, he didn't die old. He died at, yeah. do we, uh, we probably know the age, but there's so 35? many. Yeah. Well, the kids were 18. Well, the kids were right out of high school, right? It was like right around high school. So they were 18. Right I, I can't remember how when how old Rebecca was when she got pregnant. I can't remember Yeah, because that's the thing about this show. It, it, it timed up so many times. Unless you rewatched episodes numerous times, stuff like that in terms of what age was this happen? What, how old was it? Like you just – it's almost it, it, there, it's almost like Lost in a way is that it's very yeah. hard to just watch this show for one hour and then not think about it for a week and then watch it again and be like, wait, what happened? Like unless you're taking notes or rewatching episodes, you're going to forget stuff. It's impossible not to. Yeah, I mean, I've watched, even this season, I think there were two episodes that I was like, I need to rewatch them before I write about them because I was like, I miss stuff and there's I'm confused about certain things. Yeah, and, like, no, for sure. So, um, Great, this is us talk. I didn't. I, I haven't. I haven't been able to talk about it at least uh, publicly with anybody that I've had on. Um, so yeah. I could. Yeah, I, it's just. I was. I was in it from the very beginning, and um, mm-hmm. from the from the spoiler at the end of the first episode that really was like, oh my god, they're all related. Um, yeah. th- the show drew you in. It really did. Um, mm-hmm. But perfect way to end. It didn't need to stay on any longer. And I feel like they told every story that they needed to tell. Um, so good with that. 
Now, with your new position, what can you possibly be doing in the Bachelor Bachelorette world? Are you going to be able to cover stuff like that? Is that Elizabeth's yes. coverage or what? So basically, <laughs> it's not. They don't really have like a. It's, I guess a bachelor like you know person. If we did, it would be re, it would be Elizabeth. Obviously, she's taken that on because they were barely covering it when she joined. And so she was like, why don't we cover it? I mean, she already had the relationships. She's like, why don't we cover this? And so it's the same way with me. I would assume once, you know, now that we know Paradise is going to be in the fall, I would assume that once, like, all of that starts up, well, I guess we bachelor at first. I keep forgetting. Um, that we're going to be, she and I will be, like, kind of tag teaming and trying to figure out if we have whoever has time to do what. But, no, I think she's, everyone knows on the team that I love Bachelor, too, and that I'm still part of that world, too. So, I plan on still covering it, um, even maybe if it's from an exec side, maybe if it's email, email interviewing execs more. And I know that's something Elizabeth says, too. So I don't know. She and I are trying to think of, like, something fun we can do to cover the show, too, together, because it is it is like such a, you know, obviously there's enough news to go around. It just won't be it won't be coverage like I did at us. It won't be about relationships or like about like the salacious part of it, I guess. Yeah, because I think we've talked about this on a past podcast was. Mm-hmm for what you did for us, it was very easy to write a story just based on someone in bachelor nation posting on their Instagram story or their Instagram feed. Totally. And you, you didn't have to interview them. You could just be like, Hey, this is what's, if you don't follow this person, here's what they posted either, you know, yeah. Oh, they're pregnant or they have a new boyfriend or they lashed out at somebody, whatever the case may be. It was just, they, they right. give these contestants now with their social media, give out so much content on their own that, I mean, you know, you've got other, you've got other places, certainly other podcasts that literally Mm -hmm. recap everything these people say and do. And I just, I just can't get there. I just, I, I'd, I'd pull my hair out if I was covering every single thing that somebody tweeted, somebody, somebody liked somebody else's picture, somebody followed somebody else. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like do something better with your time. That's yeah. I mean, it's, (laughs) it was exhausting, honestly. I I mean, us, I give, the team there, I mean, like Sarah here, who's a good friend of mine, obviously she's the bachelor beat at us now. And she is like, she kills it. She knows all the ins and outs of everything. I mean, a lot like you do. And I'm always like, how are you, how are you keeping up with this? And at us, like, it's just, it's such, it's like a whole separate life you have to keep up with. It's so wild to me. And I, I do love it. I love reading it. So I'm still like reading all these articles. <laughs> no, I'm just not writing them. Yeah. Like, I, I just I love hearing about the drama. Yeah. I can't, I mean, I, I've, I've kind of just gone away from that aspect of it. I, I mean, I follow people, but before, yeah, I would cover, but now it's just, it's too much. Now it's like, yeah. well, what do I cover? And then because the, the fan base has changed so much in that you talk about somebody and if you, if you give any sort of critical opinion, it turns into why are you hating on them? And it just, it, right. I just don't, I'm just, I'm really getting tired of that toxic fan base that literally is, does not let you have an opinion about someone on this show or something they did right. or something they posted without it turning into a battle of black or white. That's the biggest problem that I have with the franchise right now and the fan base mm-hmm. is the fan base looks at everything on this show as black and white when when most things if not all things on this show are so much more in a gray area right I just... I, and you know what it's not even just on this show i think it's in reality tv and also 
in even unscripted TV, people with their like Twitter fingers are so aggressive on social media now about either reality people that they love or reality people they hate or characters, even characters. This is what kills me is when it's about a fake character. <laughs> like that's not a real person. And they are so defensive of that character. I I literally had to start blocking people. I've never blocked people in my life. I've never blocked an ex, nothing. And I had to start blocking people on social media because I was getting death threats for writing about a story about the one Chicago universe. And it was like, it's not, those aren't real people, guys. Those are characters on a TV show. So it really, so, so it's like with the reality, it's even, I mean, it's so intense. I just, it's almost like you have to take a step back from it. I mean, I know you experience that all the time. It's like, you have to take a step back and be like, okay, chill. There's no way to make everyone happy. And people think they know everybody. And it's just, it's so wild. It's yeah. such a crazy thing. Like the fan base is like, it's so passionate, but it's also very toxic at many times. So, yeah, I mean, I, look, I, there's, there's one person in particular in this franchise um, that is very polarizing and very toxic right now. And I know it is somebody that you covered um, when he was more involved in The Bachelor, and that's Colton. And that's uh-huh. and that's somebody that, um, I mean, just the just saying his name will draw the ire of people because of what he did to Cassie, which was right. totally uncalled for and disgusting, and he never should yeah, have done not it. Okay. Yeah, and he never should have done it. And but you're not allowed to even talk about him in anything else because yeah. of what he did to Cassie. And it's like, I'm sorry, I can separate him struggling with his sexuality and coming out. And this is a guy that basically played me like a fiddle by coming on my podcast and selling me a bill of goods. And like, if anybody mm-hmm. has a reason to piss on this guy, it's me. But I've I mean, me too. I mean, me too. he's like, but continue but go ahead yeah what i was gonna say is just that he's i i absolutely i I can't express how much what he did to cassie was totally uncalled for and scary as a woman i'm sure she was just absolutely out of her mind of what he did like it's not acceptable in any way shape or form but i can also and I'm not saying that this is why he did it, but what what I can say is this was a guy who was struggling big time with his sexuality. And like he has said in his book and in interviews, like I was just hold I was literally holding on to my straightness by uh, in my relationship with Cassie, because I was like, once I'm done with Cassie, I'm basically going to have to come out because I'm there's no way it, it's going to last. And so it's like I can understand and I can and I can um I can empathize with the guy who was really struggling for a long time in his life um, with his sexuality, not to mention going on three shows and basically having a lot of commenters everywhere say, is this guy gay? And it was constantly brought up. So I empathize with him for struggling with that, but that doesn't mean I forgive him for what he did to Cassie. It's like, but you you can't even say that. Yeah, it's the problem. Right, that's the thing is that people here, I empathize with him, and they're saying, okay, so you're giving him a pass. Exactly, and no, I'm, I'm not, not giving him a pass. No, those aren't the same thing. Yeah. No, I'm saying it's not okay, but you can still have empathy for someone who also did something horrible. Like, I have, you know, so, and I think he knows that. I mean, it's not like he's out here saying, like, you know, I'm looking for a pass or I'm looking to make excuses. He's not. I mean, he's, you know, he, he knows how he messed up. Again, that's not, not saying it's okay. 
should he have gotten a platform? I don't know. That's not my call to make. That's not, you know, it's, yeah. we, I don't get paid those. I don't get paid that kind of money. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, he's a human being. Like, let's not, it's insane. I mean. <laughs> yeah, you can't mention his name without, if, if, you, if you talk about him in any sort of positive light, it immediately jumps to, oh, you're supporting him after what he did to Cassie. It's mm-hmm. just like, nobody's, nobody's saying that. But that's yeah. what I mean. If this is what this is what toxic bachelor nation has become. The second you become okay. have a negative story against you, you're screwed. And and, yeah. and 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 as an outsider who covers the show, anybody who's got a negative story against them, if you have anything else that you want to talk about, it's like you're excusing the negative behavior. And at no point was I ever excusing his behavior. And like I said, this is this is a guy that basically used me because when he came on my podcast. It was during this time that he was literally stalking her, and he obviously never told me he was. And I, you know, I didn't, I didn't expect him to come on my podcast and one, come, you know, um, you know, come out to me on a podcast, and two, I didn't expect him to to um, reveal what he was doing behind the scenes. But he reached out to me and made it and right. and made it very obvious that hey, you've got a good voice in this franchise. I like the way you do interviews. I'd love to come on and talk about everything that I went through on this show. And it was like, okay, this is a great interview, but come to find out a month later, while it was a great interview and he did, and he was very open about the things that he experienced on the show and the producer manipulation, we knew nothing about all this stuff he was going on behind the scenes with Cassie. And it's just like, okay, well, dude, you just used me to, to paint yourself in a great light. And, um, you know, it's like, you know, I haven't spoken to Colton since I probably never will speak to him again. Um, but I'm allowed to have empathy for a guy who literally struggled his whole life with his sexuality and then went on three shows in a row on national TV and was being called for it. Hell on my podcast with him, I flat out asked him straight up if he was gay and he said, no, not that I expected him to admit it to me, but I did ask him it because I had to bring it up since everybody it's, it was a talking point among a lot of people. And it was right around the time his book came out, and he brought it up in his book right. about how he used to I mean, he, look at gay he porn. Bring it up. He didn't just bring it up in his book. I mean, he wrote an entire chapter yeah. about convince, telling why he's like telling people he's not gay. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that that's what rubbed people the wrong way, which, like, again, I have never dealt with coming out, so I can't personally say that I understand that. So, like none of us are to say you needed to come out. You needed to tell people this, this then like, who cares? It's his story to tell. But yeah, I mean, of course it's going to leave like a bad taste in a lot of our mouths from the, from our end who have interviewed him, who did a special like interview with him. The first one to interview him about, about his book and him, me explaining like, okay, tell me why you wrote this chapter about your parent talking to your parents and them asking you if you were gay and you saying, no, tell me about that. So it's very hard for me to be like, oh, you know, it's the same thing that you were just saying. It's like, but at, at the end of the day, he's going through something that I haven't experienced. I can have empathy for that. And yeah. mental health struggles that he's talked about, things like that. Like, we never know. You never know what someone's going through. So, again, not giving him a pass at all. Has he made mistakes? A thousand percent. Is it terrifying what he did? A thousand percent. As a woman, like, I understand. But... Yeah, you can still have empathy. He's still a human being. <laughs> yeah, you can separate the two. At least I can. But there are plenty of people yeah. in this toxic Bachelor Nation fan base that absolutely cannot. And that's just, I don't know if that's just ignorance or or just plain silly. Like, I, I don't know how you can't separate the two. You're allowed, You're not giving him a pass if you say I have empathy for Colton for what he went through and the struggle that he had as 
going back all the way to high school as struggling with his sexuality. And he's what, 28 or 29. So over a decade, this guy struggled with his sexuality and was so scared to come out because his parents were, he was brought up. So in the church and it was obviously not approved of in the church and he knew it would get a lot of shit and he didn't know how his parents are going to react. I can have empathy, empathy for that, but it yeah. doesn't mean because I said the word empathy and Colton in the same sentence <laughs> that I absolutely give him a pass for what he did to Cassie, which was totally wrong and, right. and just absolutely shitty. I don't care what his reasoning was and what he was going through at the time. You don't put a tracking device on your girl's car and you don't. Right. But also, and he said that he said like, even though I was going through all that, I'm not using it as an excuse. I know it's not okay. Like, and he, Again, and not giving them a pass, but we need to all realize that, like, him and, Kel- Kel- him and Cassie settled that on their own privately. So, like, let's not, you know, like, why people can't move on from it, though. So, that's, I think he's going to struggle to get a fan base back, to get supporters back. I don't know if he's going to do another show. I don't know what he's going to do next. But, I mean, I've spoken to him. I'm not going to say I haven't. I've spoken to him. I mean, not a ton. But I think he's just trying to figure out where he fits in the world now. So, it's like, what? let him be. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's we he's engaged now. I mean he's he's on his way yeah. to getting married. Um yeah. I didn't watch like if you're if you're that bothered by anything Colton does, then um, you know, yeah, there is a there is an argument to be made of should he have even gotten the platform on Netflix? Is Netflix right. promoting a an abuser? Um you know, right. and a, a manipulator. That's a totally different argument to make and that's not something you and I are gonna get into. Exactly. Um but I, if you didn't, if you hated him so much, don't watch the show. I didn't watch the show. I didn't need. To. I was just like, okay. I mean, I know he struggled, and this is going to be him, you know, giving explanations and reasons. I just didn't watch it. You know, I don't hate the guy, but I just well, there's plenty of shows on TV that I don't watch. So it's just like this right. is just another one I just didn't care to watch. Um, yeah. And so it's like whatever. But you know, I do see the headlines. You know, he was on that show. Um, that show that comes on after Survivor. Uh, I have no idea where he's doing in that or how he finished or if he won any money or whatever. Um, but I saw that he's on that show. Haven't watched a second of it. Haven't spoken to him mm-hmm. since the podcast. And I just see the, see the headlines and the guy seems to be uh, in a better place. Cause when someone does yep. behavior like that and um, I guess as a viewer and as an outsider for us viewing it, and you see somebody do behavior like that. I guess the biggest thing you do is like, I hope this guy learned his lesson and he never does it again. And, yeah. and that's all you can ask for and, and changes his behavior and doesn't take relationships that way. And doesn't try to manipulate things in a relationship. And it seemingly like he hasn't, but you know, I don't know. I don't know enough about his relationship with right. his, with his current partner. Exactly. So, I mean, that's, we don't know. yeah, we don't know. He seems happy. Um, he's not a guy that I've really spoken about since in, in, in a long time. But I, I wanted to bring him up with you only because I know that you and I interviewed him right around the same time. Um, yeah. It was right around when his book was coming out. And he mm-hmm. he used the media to paint a picture of himself at a time where he knew he was doing shit behind the scenes that never would have flied. Like, if, if that came out, he never would have been on my podcast if I knew what he was doing to Cassie uh, behind the scenes. Of course. I mean, of course. And I think we can all say, like, you know, looking back, obviously, like, what the difference is. But, yeah. you know, it is what it is. I mean, I talked to him to talk about about the about the Netflix show. And I spoke to him about, you know, when he, when he about his house in Colorado. And he, you know, I think that there were things that we covered at us that 
well, I don't know. I mean, we, at the end of the day, I, we work in the entertainment world and he was releasing a show on Netflix and he's a public figure who people watch and people want to read about. So I'm going to cover it. You know what I mean? That's how I look at it as like from a business angle. Like, am I giving someone a platform? Well, the show is giving him a platform. So it goes along with that. Yeah. And in terms of other Bachelor-related programming, obviously we know Bachelor in Paradise starts filming in a couple of weeks. We know that mm-hmm. Gabby and Rachel's season has wrapped filming last weekend. Uh, it starts airing on July 11th. It was announced this week that Jesse Palmer is going to be the host of Paradise. Wells mm-hmm. is going to come back as the bartender. Uh, I read an interview that Elizabeth did with Robert Mills talking about like what's still in store for this franchise. And it seemed like they've you know they've got a lot of irons in the fire and. Yeah. You know, the the senior edition is still, I guess, on the table. I don't know when it would, you know, when I read what Robert said to Elizabeth, he said we still want to do it, but he never gave a time frame of when that can be filmed. And knowing the Bachelor and Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise schedule, I don't know when that show could be filmed unless they're really going to do like a two week run. Like it's going to be, it's only going to take a couple weeks to film. If they have to go a month or six weeks to film that senior show, it just doesn't fit in to their yearly calendar. I mean, just right, unless no. They mo- unless they put it on like Disney Plus. Well, not they, even not even the airing of it. I'm just talking about the filming oh, you mean of like it. Like actually the filming. The right, filming of it. Yeah. Unless they do a small, unless they do a smaller project and a smaller crew and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm and I'm really curious to see where it, I I don't think that show's going on network. I think that's going to be a streaming show if they do do a senior bachelor edition. I don't. I don't see where it goes on ABC's programming because they have Mondays after the new year for bachelor. And then the Mondays right after that are are the spring version of dance with the stars. And then we're right into bachelorette and then straight into paradise. Well, dancing with the stars. Oh, that they went streaming. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it airs in the spring, but coming off a bachelor season in, in January to March of 2023, are people going to want to go right into a, Here's a senior bachelor. I don't know. It just, I don't know. I, I don't. I honestly, from what I got, and I have no extra info, info on that other than what the quotes that Rob gave Elizabeth, is that um, I would think that, like, yes, they still would like to do it, but it's the process is still at that point. They would still like to do it. I don't think that they're, I don't think that they've cast the whole group. I don't think that they would know the format yet. I don't, I don't think they're that far along yet. So I can't imagine anything in the next, like in this calendar year or even early next calendar year happening. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't see it either. Um, There's just, he's doing way too many things and they already have so much going on and they, you know, focused on this double bachelorette season. I think they're going to have their hands full. So I, I think that that's probably what they're going to, they're just going to try to focus on one at a time, which is what they need to do. Cause we see this so much with shows that keep getting spinoffs. We see it a lot in scripted with shows that get spinoffs that, they get focused on one show and then like one season and then they kind of like let the other shows fall to the wayside. Obviously bachelor has had these three shows that have run so great simultaneously together, but sometimes you can tell when they're really focused on one that the other one kind of is like, eh, this season kind of sucks. Yeah. So I'm kind of hoping that, <laughs> hoping that they can just focus right now on the double bachelorette and do one at a time. Like, yeah. And now, and now that that is over, I mean, really it's, it's essentially a two and a half week turnaround before they head down to Mexico and start filming paradise, yeah. which films first week of June. So we're two know, weeks I away. Say, I want to go down. I want to go down to Mexico and check out this filming situation. Some of my colleagues have gotten to go and I'm like, I'm dying to go. <laughs> well, and now that you're based in LA way easier for you to, to go down <laughs> yeah. there and do some, 
preseason interviews and whatnot. But, yeah. you know, I don't think it was a surprise also that Jesse was named uh, the host. Yeah, last season we were still in kind of flux of what was going on with the franchise and they had all the guests hosts. Um, David Spade was great. I think they could still bring those people down in the interview that Rob did with Elizabeth. It seemed that he hinted at, yeah, we could have guest appearances, but they don't need to host anything. Like we don't need a right. host. Jesse's our host. We might have a, we might have David Spade come down and do a date, but we're not going to have David Spade come in and host one or two episodes. Jesse is now the face of this franchise. And you know, think- I've, got, I've got no problem with it. I think he's, I think he's perfectly fine in that role. I do too. I think he's perfectly fine in it. I do think that Wells is kind of getting the short end of the stick because I feel like he could have easily just done. He could have easily just hosted it. Yeah, because the host, and the host on Paradise. The face of this. What I mean, what does the host on Paradise do other than shake their hands when they come down the steps, and then stand there at the rose ceremony to say, "Hey, guys, giving out roses this week," or "Girls giving out roses this week." It's not like the host does anything special, but I think while Wells is getting hosed in one way that he didn't get the hosting gig, which he could have easily slid into, which he did for a couple of rose ceremonies last year. Um, right. I guess they just want, it's like, Hey, Jesse is our Chris Harrison. Like he's going to be yeah. our mouthpiece for every show that we put out in this franchise. He's our bachelor host. He's our bachelorette right. host. He's our bachelor in paradise host. It just would have been weird if Jesse only hosted bachelor and bachelorette, but just took a break and didn't host paradise. I don't know. I, I would have found that weird. I, I was fully expecting him to be named Bachelor in Paradise host. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense having a face, like you said. It makes it, you know, makes it cohesive. It does work the same way that it did with Chris for so long. So, yeah, I guess and, that does make sense. And, you know, filming Paradise in June, you know, Jesse's football um, coverage for ESPN, that doesn't start till oh, September, yeah. August and September. So it's not like he couldn't do it because of work. Hell, when Jesse is filming Bachelor, that's when he's doing two jobs. Like, Bachelor in Paradise doesn't overlap with anything that he does. Bachelor, when it starts filming in September, that's right in the middle of college football season. Like, he literally misses, like, I was following it last year because that was the first year he was the full-time host. And, you know, when he was filming Clayton season, when they were still in L.A., if uh, if a rose ceremony didn't fall on a Saturday... um. He was in it. He had to fly to Bristol and and be right. in studio. And then when it was funny because once Clayton season started traveling and went to those countries, Jesse Palmer was not on ESPN on yeah. Saturdays because <laughs> he was obviously in another country. So they're allowing him to do both. And uh, but well, yeah, once travel well, of starts, course, of course they're both Disney owned. He's exactly. Like yes, please do them all. Yeah, I mean he's got a great. I mean he's. I mean, yeah, he's getting. There. I'm assuming he's got two separate salaries. I don't know. Maybe they just lumped them all into. Hey, you're. <laughs> we're giving you this as our, uh, as your annual salary, and within that, you're going to do college football Saturdays and also host three shows on in on our bachelor umbrella. I don't know. Or if he gets paid separately. Oh, no, I'd each be like, time. no, I. I hope he was like, no, I need, I need five, four different paychecks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, company. yeah, I, yeah, I don't I have no idea how it's working with him, but, um, you know, get work while you can get it. And he's definitely Good got, he's definitely kept busy, but yeah, it's funny because paradise doesn't interfere with anything. It doesn't overlap with anything in, in regards to his football stuff. No. And, and bachelor 100% does because it films right during college football season. So, um, <laughs> so I, I, the other thing I want to talk to you about was, um, something I mentioned briefly earlier, you know, doing stories based off of base when you were on us weekly, you know, you're 
you're doing posts based off of you don't even have to interview anybody. Just like, hey, this is what they did. This is what they posted. And here's some mm-hmm. of the backstory behind it. Um, now, like you said, you're covering more. You're talking to actors from shows like the creator of, you know, this is us and stuff like that. Do you feel it's more like, I don't know, more important what you're doing now? more important and this is something I've actually spoken to like my parents about because that's something they were like oh you have like a real you know now it's still like real and it's important I I grew up wanting to be an entertainment journalist because like as someone who grew up with anxiety and like depression I my comfort was turning on E and watching Ryan Seacrest talk about celebrity relationships that had nothing to do with me and that I did not care about so to me that's extremely important and I'm still reading Us Weekly when I'm laying in bed at night and I'm reading people and I'm reading. So, no, I don't think more important. I think it's a different side of the industry that I enjoy yeah. and that I'm getting to, like personally, I'm getting to, like flex different muscles and interview people that I've been like watching for even long, like for just as long. But it's like I think if I viewed it as impo- more important, I wouldn't still be covering the same stuff. But like, like I said, I'm still writing about Bachelor. I'm still writing about the challenge. I'm still writing about the shows that I love and like. I'm not writing about as much as the personal life stuff, but I've been out of, I haven't really written about personal life stuff. Like my focus has always been TV. So even though reality obviously goes hand in hand with that, but I think, no, like I don't, I don't view it in in terms of importance at all. You know, I, you said something there that I had no idea about. You said you grew up with anxiety and depression. Um, Mm -hmm. Have you ever talked about this or written about this? Public. I think I've like casually mentioned it on my social media, but I haven't like actually like spoken a ton about it. Um, not because I'm ashamed of it at all. I just it's something that hasn't really come up in like a public platform. Well, it's come up now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, mean look, I brought it up. So. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, and I'm not gonna ask you to talk about anything you don't feel comfortable talking about. But I'm just yeah. curious, how long ago this started? Or do you do you still get it to this day? And what type of form does it? Um, take with you because i mean there's there's different uh, there's obviously different levels that it can get to in terms of anxiety do you do you ever get panic attacks stuff like that i mean mm-hmm. what is, what has it gotten to with you so it started when i was very young um i got diagnosed with ocd when i was in sixth grade i want to say because i was a straight a student and was like refused to write certain numbers and math so i started getting four grades in math and refused to write certain letters in english so people were like so my teachers were all of a sudden like, wait a minute, you went from getting straight A's to not being able to write a sentence the right way. So um, I was diagnosed then um, with OCD and that's something I've lived with up and down my whole life. And so it gets, there are, there'll be a year when I feel amazing um, and don't have any symptoms of it. And I go to therapy for it and that's what helps me. Um, but I think that there's, that is definitely what stems my anxiety. Um, and my parents broke up when I was young and there was some depression there, but I'm so, like so family oriented. And I think that's why, because I was like, oh, that's the only thing I know is my family. Like my, um, I have four parents because my parents are both remarried and I've grown up with that and I love that. So um, for me, that's like how it's always, how it's always been, I guess. Um, there have been, I've had panic attacks. I haven't in a long time, knock on wood. Um, but I think it's also because I've learned through therapy and through talking about it and reading about it, like how to manage it a little bit more. And I know some people aren't able to do that. And sometimes I'm not able to do that. But Hmm. for the most part, for me, 
I am able to. And now, you know, I, I think I've, I, I consider myself extremely lucky because I've never had, you know, such dark thoughts that certain people do have and that so many people do have. And I've never, you know, had that. I've gotten to the point now where, like, if I'm having a bad day and I'm feeling really down or I'm feeling very anxious, like, I know what kind of things I know if I walk outside and go for a walk, like I will feel better. I, I know that now. And it's the first so long I couldn't even, I was like, I'm not going outside. I don't want to go outside. And I was like, I'm just going to lay here and I would sleep for 12 hours of the day. And I would, you know, but now I realize like, no, if you push yourself and you're annoyed and uncomfortable for five minutes while you have to get up and get ready to go outside, you will feel better if you go outside and breathe. So it's like certain things like that, that, te- that I've taught myself and that, many doctors have taught me in a lot of therapy. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm completely open to talk about it because I, I mean, it's not something to be ashamed of. There's so many people who deal with it every day and that who, some people who have figured it out and figured out how to deal with it and some who are still struggling with it and always will be, I guess. Are there certain things that trigger it? Yeah. I mean, big life changes, especially for, for OCD, like a big, basically for me, it's, there's so many different strains of OCD and it used to be cleanliness as a kid. I would like, my hands were always, you know, people's hands get dry in the winter. My hands were always like that because I was washing them 25 times a day, which is why in the pandemic, I was like thrilled because I'm like, Oh, now everyone else is washing their hands a million times a day, just like me. Uh, So, um, but yeah, definitely big changes. When I went to college, I had really, uh, it got really bad when I was in college. Um, I dropped out for a semester, which I had never thought again, I was a really good student. So my parents were obviously very upset and worried, but, um, I was able to catch up and still graduate on time because I'm like crazy about that. But I, it definitely is triggered by like a move or a new relationship. Almost every time I've gotten into a new relationship, it's kind of like flared up within the first year because it's like someone new and something that I don't have control over every single thing in my life anymore when I'm alone I have control over everything when I'm not you know so losing that control and let giving that up a little definitely sparks it so there's a lot of counting all the time for me I'm always like there's I've always seen like letters and certain th- there's certain things that I do every day that I realize like shutting off lights a certain amount of times things like that that are just part of my daily life that people wouldn't even notice unless they knew hmm interesting Wow. I, and and you still do it to this day? You still have? Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, there are certain things I still will, like, there's certain numbers I don't like that I have a hard time doing things that number of times. And again, some days I don't even think about it. Other days I realize it. Other days I have to walk back in my apartment because I don't, I'm convinced that I didn't do something, even though I did it. So it, it really does go back and forth. There are good days and bad days. When you say numbers, there's numbers you can't verbally say or write? Well, no. I, wait, wait. When I was younger, there was, yes. When oh, wow. When I was wow. younger, yes, because I was, like, convinced that the number six had this negative because of, like, the devil situation, and yeah. which I've never – I didn't grow up religious. I have no clue where that started. I have no, no idea why that got into my head. But for me, it was like, oh, if I write this down or if I do something six times – something bad is going to happen to me or someone I love. And that's in my head, that's part of a compulsive, like part of the compulsive side of OCD. Um, so as obviously now, like with work, I mean, you have to write numbers. You have to <laughs> say numbers in your day-to-day life. You can't avoid it. Yeah. So 
it's just something you deal with. You deal with. Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. I, 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 like I said, I knew it took on different levels with different people because I think yeah. any time anyone hears the phrase OCD, they immediately think of people that do things multiple times in a row. Like you said, wash right. your hands incessantly. Um, yeah. But there are uh, there's it's so many different. It's so much broader than that. There's so many different yeah. things, and but that happened to be yours. But uh, no, thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that. I had, I had no idea. Of course. Um, as we, as we wrap up here, um, every time I've had you on, we've had to discuss something along the lines of Dawson's Creek. So I might as well bring that up again. I can't remember if we, yeah, I can't remember if we talked about this in previous times that you were on or not. I know we, I know I've asked, I know I've ended one time with, um, you know, Pacey or Dawson. I know, you know, which one did you prefer? Um, Katie Holmes to end up with. Uh, <laughs> have we talked about if you would like to see not a reboot, not a, but a, a, and not a reunion where they sit there on stage and take questions, which I think they have in some form or, or fashion, but would you like to see a comeback of they all come back and film a two hour movie slash reunion show? I would not. I personally don't need... It ended so perfectly for me. And we got to see them all together on like the EW cover and watch that video. To yeah. me, that was enough. That I don't need... I don't need them in character again. I Like, when Friends did it, when Friends did the reunion special on HBO Max, I was so happy that they weren't playing their characters. Like, I liked how it ended. I just want... I love seeing those people together. Of course, I love to see those people together. But I don't need that. I will say, I just did a spot on a podcast called We Stand Together, which is like standing different shows, and we talked all about Dawson. And the co-host on there was saying that there should be a show called Cape Side because this year would be, um, Lily would be turning 15 or 16, and it could totally be her life in Cape Side, growing up with Jack as a gay parent and Doug, and all of that. That I'm into. I like the story continuing somehow, but no. The characters that were originally there, well, should they pop up once or twice? Of course. But yeah, I think that would be I don't I don't need a whole I don't need more of them. And it is almost better to see them in a almost a QA session. Like let's bring back the cast and let's see it. Let's see them talk about almost like why everyone seems to be enjoying these podcasts with former actors from shows literally recapping every episode and totally talking about what they remember talking about and just filling us in on stuff that we didn't know as a viewer. So yeah, that would probably be where it's at, which would probably lead to the next thing is who, which two actors or actresses from this show are now going to start a podcast and do a Dawson's Creek uh, <laughs> podcast where they talk about every episode. Um, I mean, it would probably be it would probably be Disney Phillips and Michelle Williams because they're best friends in real life. But yeah. Michelle Williams would never. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I think that she's she's too big for that. She's got. I mean, she obviously had the biggest career of anybody post show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Katie Holmes probably stayed in the news more because of who she was involved with for exactly. a long time. But <laughs> Michelle Williams, career wise, by far, blew everybody else yeah. out after after that show. And you kind of saw it when you watched that show that she was gonna be big oh my gosh um yeah. but yeah her and busy phil yeah i i can't see her sitting down and going over <laughs> six seasons or seven seasons of i mean she of barely episodes. even spoke during the 
Entertainment Weekly thing. She was barely part of it. She didn't even speak. Like, she does not want... I don't think she's, like, embarrassed at all. I don't think she has a negative, you know, response to it. I think not even is because she's so famous. I think she's just very shy. She's been through a lot in her life. Like, she does not want... Like, that's not her situation. Like, she wouldn't do a podcast about anything. I just can't even imagine her, like, talking like that to a public forum for that long. And I'm wondering... I mean... I think the beak would do it. He he's because he he's very self deprecating. He's very self deprecating. Yeah, yeah. I think he would do it in a heartbeat. By the way, I just rewatched. I I just rewatched Varsity Blues the other night, just because I felt like it. That yeah. is such an underrated movie. Um, oh, so good. What a great what a great high school flick. And then you know you know what's funny? After I watched Varsity Blues, literally the next night. I watched Not Another Teen Movie, which <laughs> parodied so many of the movies that I watched growing up. And Not Another Teen Movie really is funny. Could never be made today with some of the humor that they put in that thing Absolutely and some of the jokes. <laughs> but for its time, one of the better parody movies out there. Very, very underrated. Very funny. The fact that, you know, Captain America, <laughs> Chris Evans plays yeah. plays Jake Weiler in it. I'm just like, it's just funny to look at it now because it was 20 years ago, yeah. that movie. But a um, different world. Great. Different world. But I mean, also, I don't think Joshua Jackson would do it if we're going back to that because he also has a great career. Yeah. So I don't think, not that, like, he doesn't have, like, the awards recognition that Michelle has, but he has so many good shows and is working on, like, big, big shows that are big projects. Like, he's been on two, like, massively, like, Fringe is a huge hit and with so many seasons, like, not many people have that, the two big series under their belts, you know? And then what was the one on HBO? The Affair? Wasn't he big the in affair. that? I completely forgot about that, and I loved The Affair. Yeah, it was yeah. five seasons. He was great in it. Yeah. So, I mean. And he was, like, naked in every episode. So, <laughs> I mean, it. <laughs> yeah, there's that as well. Um, I think he's – so maybe we get – maybe we get – well, he wouldn't do it. But so Busy would have to – if Busy and, and, and um, The Beak did it. Busy and The Beak. There's your podcast name for the <laughs> – there's your podcast name, uh, Busy in the Beak, and they recap Dawson's Creek episodes. Simple as that. I would love that. Done. He has like 25 children, though. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know if he can. Yeah, he's got a lot. And yeah. But I mean, have, have you have you listened to, obviously, they've they've done so many, and I think they're only, I don't even know what season they're in now. But have you ever listened to Jenny and Tori Spelling's podcast? Re- I have. Yeah, I have. It's pretty good. They do a good job with it. Yeah. And I think it's fascinating that Jenny doesn't remember anything. Like, she's horrible. No. But even admits, like, I have, like, it, hasn't she basically said, like, I have an actual, I, I don't know if the word is neurological, but she. Like, she can't remember. She can't remember what happened on the show. And she. <laughs> I when don't she, know, but that is wild. And she says, like, these are, she's watching these episodes for the first time in her life. So. Not only does it, not only does she is she being refreshed just by watching the episode. It's hard for her to remember, you know, kind of I guess what was going on during that time. But it, yeah, it's it's certainly interesting. Um, I mean, the One Tree Hill Girls, the Drama Queens podcast, I listen to every episode. And which one? Drama Queens. It's One Tree Hill. So it's oh, the One Tree Bush, Hill. Hillary, Hillary Burton and Joy Lenz. They <laughs> they don't remember anything either, and it's hysterical <laughs> because. They're, it's also their first time ever watching. So they're like watching these storylines as if it's airing right now. They're like, what happened? Like they don't even remember I know that's, any idea. It's 
so funny and so weird to me that that can happen. I know it's funny because we've seen certain episodes of those shows a hundred, you know, a hundred times, but <laughs> so many times. And it's so funny to think that the people that played it and were part of this major storyline of whatever, you know, Donna Martin graduates or whatever, but like right. Jenny has never seen anything <laughs> that she acted in and, she did 10, she was one of the few that was in, you know, in every season. She did all 10 yeah. seasons, and she doesn't remember a damn thing about it's it. so crazy. She's watching it for the first time, and I, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to some of the podcasts, and I'm like, oh my God, if I ever sat down with Jenny, I'd be able to tell her so much more about Beverly Hills 90210 than she knows, because... Oh, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. It's, which is weird to me. That's probably the case with more shows than we think. With One Tree Hill, I interviewed the three of them because they reunited on a medical show recently. And I was like, you know, the last time you guys were all on camera together, the last episode of One Tree Hill that you were all in, you were also in a hospital. And they were like, what? what? Like, they had no clue. And I was like, oh, I've seen that episode six times. They've never seen it. Yeah. Like, what? Gosh, that's so funny. The, the last year, the other one I rewatched all of five seasons, was it five or six, was The O.C. And they have a podcast. Um I know. I need to rewatch that. That's, that should be next on my list. <laughs> Melinda Clark, and she does it with Rachel Bilson. Um, yeah. Yeah, and they weren't even – she – yeah, Melinda Clark played um, uh, the mom. Misha, Barton's, M- Misha Barton's mom. She didn't even play yeah. uh, Rachel Bilson's right. mother. So, yeah, the whole thing is um, – but that one, they seem to know – They, I don't know if they're – I can't remember if they said they've watched the episodes, but they're well – way more knowledgeable about the show than yeah they know what's going on a bit more they know what's going on a bit more but that show rewatching it last summer that was great uh it was just I was, to be fair that was to be fair that was like much more recent than 902 and all yeah because 902 and all was basically the 90s uh 90 basically right. 91 through 2000 i think and then oc was 04 to 08 i believe Five, right, because OC five. and One Tree, One Tree Hill were the same time. Okay, One Tree Hill was basically the like the CW's response to Fox's OC. Yeah. Okay. Got it. See, I never watched One Tree Hill, but I love Sophia Bush. She's, I'm. Yeah. I'm down with her. She's. Uh, <laughs> wait, she was on One Tree Hill, right? That was her thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. These these I I, I think it's gonna I, we're gonna see it pop up more because these are becoming very popular podcasts of. And people want to hear they because they, they've like we've just talked about. We've seen these episodes numerous times. So we want to tune in to see what the people who gave us these entertainment, gave us this entertainment, gave us this joy of watching these episodes, what their feelings were about it. Now, Jenny hasn't right. offered a lot, a lot uh, in, in terms of remembering anything, but it's still <laughs> it's still fun to listen to her talk about the episodes and just give her opinion on it even if she's yeah, watching absolutely. it for the first time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, exactly. She finds out about these storylines for the first time. It's fine. That's still fun. And, and, and you know, it. she has mentioned Luke a, f- a few times and just hearing behind-the-scenes stories sometimes about Luke and, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's really cool. Anyway, we could talk yeah. this stuff uh, forever. But, um, yeah, Emily, thank you so much uh, for coming on and really thank you for, for sharing uh, that about your personal life that, um, of course. you know, I wasn't aware of and... You know, I, I not everybody can talk about stuff like that or don't want to. So yeah. I appreciate you doing that. Um, yeah, but you can check out your work uh, at variety.com. Uh, you're putting stuff up numerous times a week. So check that out. Emily, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. 
Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Emily for coming on. I really appreciate that. Um, great talking to her. Love talking TV with her. Glad she got a new job. Very cool for her to move from Us Weekly to Variety. Um, and if you listen to this podcast and you're an aggregator and you're only going to take certain clips or whatever, please listen to the whole Colton conversation in its entirety and don't peel off certain things because you want to make it seem like Reality Steve and Emily Longaretta were defending Colton and what he did to Gassy because that's not what we said. We literally repeated it probably five more times than we should have. Um, but I know the way things go, and I know that people are looking for certain things, especially certain things that I say. I don't think Emily is an, an, an enemy in anybody's mind, but I am in a lot of people's mind, and they want to come after me for God knows what. So listen to the whole thing, and please don't take anything out of context because there's nothing that, I mean, if you play the full context of what we talked about, I think it's fairly self-explanatory that, look, it's okay to have empathy for people, not for what Colton did to Cassie but for empathy him for him as a person. So thank you um, to Emily uh, for coming on. Really appreciate that. Thank you all for listening. Uh, please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated. I, like I said in the beginning, I, if you're interested in coming to the party, uh, the fan appreciation party in Las Vegas, it is two weeks from tomorrow. I literally only have a couple spots left and I don't even know if I have those left. It all depends on if somebody who's told me they're in ends up canceling. So if you're interested, just shoot me an email and I can tell you whether or not I can get you in. Um, but um, it is, po it's possible, but I, I don't want to guarantee it. So if you're flying in, I would, I wouldn't obviously tell you to book it until I know you, I, I have spots available, but um, yeah, so excited about it. it. It's kind of turned into a mini Joe millionaire reunion. I, I told you that Amanda and Annie, we're coming, and then within the last week, we added uh, Jenny Alexandra, who was on the podcast. You know that she was involved in a major uh, national story involving sex trafficking. She's going to come to the party. And then Martin, the butler, reached out to me after he saw my Twitter post and said, and I totally forgot, Martin lives in Vegas, so it's very easy for him to show up. I'm just like, oh, of course, Martin, you can come, and he's going to come with his wife. So it'll be good to uh, to meet all them. And uh, just, like I said, celebrate and thank people for listening and reading uh, over the years. First part of you've had since 2019. Like I said, if you want to be a part of it, it, all I need is a copy of your Vax, a screenshot of your Vax card. You don't need to bring it to the party or anything like that. Just screenshot it so I know that you are. And then if I have spots available, I'll put you on the list. Um, but for Emily Longaretta, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you very much for tuning in to this podcast. And we will talk to you next week. See you.